it's not as glamorous as people say it is. It's very difficult. It's a lot of pain. It requires a lot of mental fortitude, but it is worth it in terms of uh, how much impact you make and how much you learn and how fast you learn. You really do take the highway on improving your career. Candid Guitar, a podcast that focuses on interesting conversations with inspirational people around Qatar. Welcome back to Candid Qatar. My name is Anissa Khan. I'm your host for today. Today, we're with Yasser Al-Sayed. He is the CTO of Medi, meaning he is the Chief Technology Officer. Medi is a GCC-based doctor appointment booking service. Whoever downloads or uses Medi has the ability to look for medical resources in Qatar and book appointments. Yasser has been working at Medi since 2016. He started part-time, and now he has worked his way up to be the CTO. Hi, Yasser. How are you doing? Hello. <laughs> How's everything? Good. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you um, start working at Medi? What's your educational background? How did you get there? All right. So I graduated from uh, CMU, a computer science program, 2017, spring of 2016. I took a course with uh, Professor Mar Hakim. Professor Mar Hakim is this, uh, he's this legendary um, uh, startup founder that has sold various startups in the US. So he had this course where when you would when you get to the end of the course the project would essentially require you to build some sort of application or some sort of business uh, and that really got me excited into this whole idea of going into startups. When it came time to graduate I was thinking I'd either get a full-time job in something that is very impactful or hopefully potentially very impactful or I'll leave the country. Uh, so that was one of the two things. And I, I did get a job at Medi, obviously. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, where I started. So you stayed there. You've been there since 2016. You were working part-time when you were a student. And you've been there up until now. Like, what is what has the journey been? Like, how how did it start off for you? Like, what was the beginning of, like, Medi like? It was, like, a couple of guys. <laughs> so literally just the two founders. And one of the founders was part-time and also, like, one designer. And like that designer left like a few months later. It's not easy. I remember the first time I joined, the onboarding was literally like 30 minutes. It's like, here's the code. Yeah, sit down next to me, like start coding. It was so small. You didn't know whether or not like it was going to be successful. No, like, I had no idea. Like, how, how, like what was that in uncertainty? Like, like what made now, you want to stay? Even now, I don't necessarily consider us like super successful. There's still a lot to chase. Uh, we have had success. We had celebrated a bunch of milestones last year, but we still aren't like super successful. But yeah, I didn't. I had no idea we reached to the level that we reached. I genuinely had no idea I'll be CTO at like 24. Just kind of a weird thing. Even me when I was getting the title, or I knew that I was gonna get the title, I was like, this is still like weird. Like, wh- why are we still like? Why are we doing this? I even though I asked for it, right? It was <laughs> it was a weird situation. So yeah, it's not expected. I don't know what the word to use. Maybe surreal is the word. It's surreal. You're 24. You're a CTO. That's that's insane. Yeah, my next job, I'm not gonna be a CTO. <laughs> so, so what do you do as CTO? Like, what what are your responsibilities? So I take care of everything technology in the company. So whenever there's a technology need in the company, I'm the one who's responsible for planning and execution. That's essentially it. So whenever it comes to hiring new engineers, I'm the one who takes care of that. When management of the current software engineers. I take care of that too. 
when it comes to uh, talks with um, IT specialists and other clients, uh, with other clients, because we work with clinics directly. I'm the one who does all the documentation and talk to these people. It's a bunch of like, essentially anything technology goes to me or goes yeah. under me. So you helped with like all the features of the app and yeah. everything that it does. So yeah. do you want to break that down for us? Well, just to be clear, we're, we're in Qatar and in UAE. So Medi, as an overview, is a platform that helps patients book, find and review doctors. You know, these are the main features that we have. We have reviews, we have bookings, we have listings. So we list doctors based on the reviews, based on their score. Uh, and then people can book with them, whether it's an instant appointment or a non-instant appointment. Uh, so they can essentially go to the clinic as soon as they make an appointment. Uh, we also have recently launched the telehealth feature, which means that if you make an appointment with the doctor, you can get a link saying uh, that just has a video of the doctor and you can just interact with him. Uh, so that's also a very cool feature that we launched recently. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so if we're looking at the app and its progress, I know that telemedicine was launched recently for the app and it changed a lot, especially because of COVID. How, um, how is the development of the app different before COVID to now? Did it become more successful? Did it, um, what, did it lag a bit? Did you have a lot of issues? So, so COVID was a blessing and a curse for the most part, for us. It was a curse because, uh, I don't know if you know this, but the ministry in Qatar and in UAE closed a bunch of clinics down. And they also clinched, uh, not just clinics, but I mean, even in hospitals, uh, they closed uh, a bunch of their departments down. For example, in Ahli Hospital, you couldn't go for a dentist appointment unless it was an urgent appointment. Um, and they only had COVID testing for, um, for ministry-affiliated uh, like clinics, like, uh, for example, Medinat Khalifa, uh, primary healthcare center. Uh, so initially, we had like a surge in bookings, like a very small surge in bookings, and then people started realizing, oh, we can do COVID testing in private clinics, which we, where we work, uh, and then it went down again. So we were scared that you know we'll lose a lot of business, we'll lose a lot of clients, and that was a it's a very scary thing uh, for us. So the first thing the 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 executive team did was we sat down we're like okay we we have to face the facts we're going to just have to develop a telehealth application can we do it can we not do it so we had to ramp up development and we had to hire uh, freelance engineers and also like new people to add to the team in order to support the application so once we were able to build the telehealth application which took us roughly like the initial version took us roughly two weeks and then the full version took another month and a half so it was around two months. The development became extremely different. Um, everything became much bigger in a sense. Uh, the application became a lot more sophisticated. The, also, the amazing thing about it is when you do have something like that under your belt as a company, when you go to clients and you talk to those clients, they're always impressed. They're like, oh, these guys actually were able to build this, right? So like, no matter how many actual, like how, how much your, like how big your the size of the company is, um, there is always like um, like this uh, impression that people get that we're much, much bigger because of the achievements that we've had, right? But the company's relatively small. It's very small, actually. <laughs> yeah, I noticed a lot of like these types of apps are getting really popular in Qatar, like things where you can do things virtually instead of going in person. Like there are a bunch of different startups that are specific like to Qatar. Um, when first conceptualizing, okay, like, this app is going to be a thing. I'm not sure if you were there when that was decided or not. Um, 
what was like do you know what the motive was between like creating this app like yeah. why 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 do we need this in Qatar yeah. so the app was created in like the very first version of the application it was a school project in CMU for the information systems uh, graduation project uh, and the idea that the, the founder had was I'm having a miserable time finding doctors in Qatar like I have no idea who to go to and what to do online there, there's like no directory nothing um, and that's where it came from it came from a very real pain of trying to find doctors in Qatar so that's what it started off as it was just a directory for like I think two years it wasn't there was no booking feature there was no there was some review feature but it was very like um, basic we didn't provide any marketing for the clinics we didn't provide any the contracts with the clinics or the doctors for the most part it was very bare minimum and then later on we started started discovering more and more and more problems we started making a business out of it that's when I joined in 2016 that's that's honestly so interesting how you like did a project in university and now that became a company it's an app it's downloaded by thousands of people and you're the CTO that's that's like completely uh like it's it's surreal like you said it's surreal yeah, it's a little surreal so but um since like things like okay restrictions are lifting a bit in terms of covid do you see telemedicine being as popular sorry for those who don't know telemedicine is basically communicating anyway with a doctor physician any type of person virtually through a platform so it's gotten really popular post-covid um so do you see that being just as popular um and what do you what do you predict in terms of like your development with telemedicine or post COVID? So early employee in any startup can tell you that the biggest challenge in any company or any building any company in this region is uh, culture or defining culture. Um, so we usually try and pick our battles, right? Whenever we talk to people, we try and work with what whatever their culture is set, right? Um, I'll give some examples for that in a second, but essentially. What we had a problem with is that even if we build all these amazing, amazing, amazing features, it's unlikely that anybody was going to use them because the culture doesn't kind of encourage that, right? It doesn't encourage people to adopt these new technologies, new applications. So when we initially thought about telemedicine, we thought about it in like mid-2019, before the COVID, like there was before anybody got infected by, by the COVID in China, right? Before it was even a thing. Um, but we didn't do it. We decided against it because we were worried that we won't be able to market it to people. Now, we think now that the culture has changed. We think that now there's more people who are worried about their health, they're worried about their family's health, that they would rather go for an online consultation rather than physically go there. And COVID has helped us a lot in terms of that. Um, it's uh, made it so that the, 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 the conversation with clients about telehealth and telemedicine was a lot simpler. It's made it so that the marketing was a lot more easy, easily digested by the people. So the culture, definitely we see a change in the culture. So does that answer your question? Yeah, it, it does. That's, <laughs> I agree. It's it's changed completely. I don't know if um, Qatar was that crazy in terms of like communication through virtual platforms as much before as it is now. It's yeah, you see all the food delivery apps. Yeah, so many food delivery <laughs> apps, everything. It's, it's completely changed after COVID and as upsetting as COVID is, is it turned to work in your favor for your company? Um, does it's, it's, anyone... it's upsetting. Of course it's upsetting. Yeah. We can't say that it's a good thing. <laughs> um, in, terms of, in terms of working in a startup, 
in the middle of university, then transitioning there after you graduate. How how was the environment? Uh, I remember thinking it was so bad that there was one, at one moment where um, I punched the wall from how frustrated I was. Because imagine like sleeping and like having nightmares and waking up and you're like, oh, I have to do this again. So you're extremely frustrated, extremely angry. I remember when I first came to the company as a full-time uh, person, so this was after university, um, I was the only uh, software engineer uh, plus one intern. So there was one intern helping me out. And um, I had to essentially rebuild the entire application from scratch because the application was extremely bad and extremely scrappy and it was barely working and it crashed all the time. Uh, so for me to build it from scratch, I remember there was times I would just sleep in the office because I was like, well, I'm going to go home at like 4 a.m. <laughs> I'll just sleep in the office, wake up four hours later and continue working. So that's how our mentality, and this wasn't just me, this was everybody else in the company. When was the moment or like the point in the company where things started to change in terms of work environment? Like, like it may be very similar now, but in, in terms of like productivity, yeah, how you September, knew, okay, this company is going somewhere. We, we've, we've got something. Uh, yeah. Like how, how did you know that? Uh, online and we were like featured in, in Forbes, Middle East and other uh, big publications. We raised uh, close to $2.5 million in funding. So that was something that happened in the 2019 and 2019. And I think like a week after we heard the news, uh, our executive team heard the news, we all sat down with each other and we were all saying, we all had this like feeling that we we're like, oh, things are about to change, right? We were all very, very excited about it too because we were like, now we have money, now we can like get help and we don't have to work these crazy hours. Little did we know that we had to work even more, but the difference was there's a process, right? So like currently my, uh, my engineering team is a very fantastic like group of people, right? Um, and I, I love each one of them, but it's really hard to like work with like a lot of different people and being responsible for them, right? So that's another thing: building processes so that your direct reports can follow um, is something that is that is, is something that is indicative of the company's maturity. So that's we did definitely mature. It's just it never gets not hectic. <laughs> I hope that answers the question because. That's a good question. When does it get not hectic? I don't know. Maybe when we're a billion-dollar company and we all buy yachts. <laughs> but that, even then, probably not. I think your journey is really interesting. And it's something that all of us in college hope to strive for, that we can become a CTO at 24. So thank you so much, Yasser. If you haven't downloaded Medi or you don't know what it is, you should. You can use the website, you can download the app, and you can see what Yasser has helped to create and what you've heard today. So thank you so much. Tune in to our next episode.